Welcome to Beyond the Bench, a podcast sponsored by and in conjunction with Gordon Leadership Services. Beyond the Bench is a podcast done by ADs for ADs. Every week in this podcast, three Iowa high school athletic directors talk about current program issues we are dealing with, special moments we've had, a quote of the week, some hot topics, and we will, of course, have some fun along the way talking about things happening with our family and friends. We'll talk with special guests, including athletic directors currently doing the job, retired ADs, and people we work with inside and outside of the school who help to make our program successful. I'm Todd Gordon, currently at Des Moines Roosevelt High School, and I'll be joined by Scott Jarvis from Ankeny Centennial High School and Aaron Stecker from Cedar Rapids Kennedy High School. All three of us have taken different paths to our current positions, but we believe our separate journeys will make our discussions interesting and informative for ADs from schools of any enrollment size. All three of us have been active in the Iowa High School Athletic Directors Association. I currently serve as the president of the IHS ADA, and Scott and Aaron are both recent past presidents. All three of us hold certifications from the National Interscholastic Athletic Administrators Association, the NIAAA, with Scott being a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and Aaron and myself holding our Certified Athletic Administrator certifications. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions, current situations, or concerns you are dealing with in your program, and you would like us to discuss them, feel free to email us. Our email address is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. That email address again, and this is all one word, is beyondthebenchgls at gmail.com. And now let's get to today's podcast. I guess it could be good morning, good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to it. We're recording this on Monday night. Um, Hey, Aaron. Hey, Scott. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well, Todd. Good Good to be on with you guys tonight. Yeah, so it's uh, we had a basketball game canceled. We got another round of work. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love it. Yeah, Scott just made it home a little bit ago, Ankeny to Newton, and uh, the frozen Scott, tundra. Tell us about your drive. Pretty good, huh? Oh gosh, it was well. Of course, you got the semis driving like a bunch of clowns. <laughs> you know, driving 65, 70 miles an hour, and I'm putzing along at like forty. And uh, it was, it, I mean, as you guys know, it's windy. It's just bad out. It's, it was a, that was probably about the worst drive I've had in a long time. Yeah. Bad stuff. Yeah. Hey, the neat thing you know, now is you can, you can kind of see those snow plows, you know, on that Iowa 511. You can kind of follow where they're at and kind of look at your road. Yeah. But when, it's, when it's dark like this, it does you no good anyway. Yeah. No, it doesn't. But you're right. I tell you what, that is a huge tool for us as as uh, ads. I was trying to figure out last Thursday if I could 
send my my uh, honor band kids up to that UNI honor band last weekend. They had chair auditions on Thursday night, and we didn't have school that day. And they, <clears throat> can we go? And man, I just hopped on the five one one. I checked cloud camera pictures all the way up three eighty into into Cedar Falls Waterloo area, and I, I'm like, you know what? They're not great, but they're passable. So what a what a great tool that is. I, I really like those. Yeah, it's it is handy, and. Uh... I have a lot of respect for the people out there driving the snowplows too. Yeah, jeez. Well, because you got knuckleheads like Jarvis out there driving around when they shouldn't be. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like an uh, idiot walk, driving around out there. <laughs> hey, hey, Todd. Yeah. Now, now I've decided that I I don't think I'm coming to you from the three one nine anymore. I think I'm coming to you from the nine oh seven. Really? That be the, that's the area code for Barrow, Alaska. I'm starting to feel more and more like that's that's where I'm coming to you from. I love it. Uh, One time last week, it was warmer here than it was, or colder here than it was in Alaska. So we made something. That's true. And we're getting all that snow that we, I don't know, crazy stuff, crazy stuff. Well, hey, Scott, uh, good weekend for, for Ankeny. Yeah, it was uh, really fun. Champs. Yeah, it was awesome. I and I and I got to see Aaron there. He was there, you know, with his kids. And uh, what a great day! I, I we had our welcome home celebration for the kids. And you know, every time you see a team that is just has success, you just see the kids' love for one another, the love for their coach, the you know, just the passion and excitement they have for the sport. I mean, and then you kind of go back to why we do what we do and then that's a great um time to kind of just see that and see it kind of unfold and and know that you know as athletic directors that uh there is some great things going on in, in high school athletics and and some great relationships being made and and some great memories too yeah no doubt well congrats that was uh I don't know. Was how did you feel, you guys, going into it? Did you feel like you were going to have a chance, or? Yeah, we thought we had a chance. Um, you know, we had one kid who got DQ'd that placed pretty high, and then the kids all kind of got together and said, "Hey, man, well, now we just got to go and and get it done. We got to do better than we thought we ever could do." And they went and did it. So it was it was fun to see. Yeah, that's good. Good yeah. stuff. And yeah. uh, I haven't been to that venue yet, but I, Aaron, I think you made a comment. Yeah. Uh, what a nice venue it is over there in Iowa City. It it really is nice. I tell you what, those kids. Uh, I think when they walk into that place uh, and look around and get swimming in there and just it, what a big time place for them to have their event. And and I'm not trying to knock Marshall Marshalltown at all. I mean, they did a great job of of housing that event for years, and and the energy at Marshalltown was always something that was exciting. But man, this uh, at the University of Iowa there, it has the same energy. And it just feels big time. Uh, it's a swimming cathedral. I'm sure those kids just have a great experience there. And it's good to see Scott and see his kids uh, His kids perform well there. So a lot of fun. Yeah, good deal. Well, while you guys were uh, living it up in the pool, <laughs> I was on uh, a road trip of my own. Um, Deb and I, my wife, we flew out to Salt Lake City. We got up at 3.30 in the morning on Saturday morning, uh, took off at 5.30, landed in Salt Lake at 7.30, and uh, we were in cars in a 26-foot U-Haul at 10 a.m. driving back to Des Moines with our oldest daughter and her kids. So 
there was three vehicles in our, our fleet as we <clears> called them. <throat> and, uh, went to Sydney, Nebraska the first day, uh, and then got up and went from Sydney back home, got home about seven thirty last night. So it was crazy, you know, about 40 hours, um, all that driving only missed one night in our bed. I mean, it was just, it was kind of a whirlwind, but, um, you know, when you got that time on the road, you got a lot of time to think you got a lot of time to, cause I was by myself in a car. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff to listen to and I just, I made a list. I thought it was kind of interesting. You want to know what you do when you've got 16 hours of drive time and, you're by yourself. and uh, I called each one of you guys while I was driving to talk to you a little bit, but, um, so here's my, my playlist of what I listened to for those 16 hours. Um, of course I listen to a lot of music and my favorite guy right now is Joe Bonamassa, a good old mm-hmm. blues, blues rock guy. Um, I listen to the Ron Burgundy podcast, Ron Burgundy started a new podcast. I was kind of underwhelmed by that, but you know, I I went to that. I listened to the Iowa state game. Um, uh, Yeah, that was tough, man. I I was bad to see them lose that one. That was a big one. Um, I listened to the Iowa game, which was totally opposite. I about shut it off three times in the second half, but I didn't stuck with it. And, uh, Actually got home to see the final shot. I listened to uh, four sermons by Andy Stanley on a series he was doing on discovering yourself a little bit. Um, I listened to worship music. I listened to 70s road trip music. Mm. Uh, I listened to Tom Petty Radio on Sirius XM and then the Blue Station on Sirius XM. Um, I listened to a little of the Off-Duty ADs podcast. Um, mm-hmm. Yep. You know, do that. I think Aaron, you have a connection with uh, one of them, don't you? Yeah, uh, Mike Hughes. He's in the Denver area. There is a he's a Cascade guy. Um, grew up there and played football with him at Warburg, and now he's an AD out there. He's big time out in the Colorado AD Association, also. So good guy. Yeah, and they they do a really good podcast. It's uh, pretty interesting. Uh, they do a segment every week on craft beer and uh, different take on it, but they really talk about some good material too. And, uh, you know, if you're, I, I would highly endorse them. If you're looking for another podcast to listen to off duty ADs is a good one to look up, to listen to as well. And then I listened to, uh, another podcast I came across, uh, it's called the OSIP podcast and OSIP is a foundation out in New Jersey stands for outstanding sportsmanship is paramount. Hmm. And it's done by two guys out in New Jersey. One of them's an official and the other people are just kind of around but they they talk about sportsmanship every week i think it started a couple years ago um but i started listening to that a little bit as well so um a lot of different things to listen to um you know you think back to the old days you know clear back in the 70s and 80s and all that where you you, uh may have had a cassette tape or something but all you had was radio you didn't have all this online stuff and uh uh the other thing I, I listened to, I started to listen to the Championship Mindset podcast, Aaron, that I know you really are fond of, and it's a really good podcast. Yep. But I had to quit because I found myself wanting to take too many notes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I've got to listen to this when I can take some notes and and uh, be a little more in-depth with it But because there's just so much coming at you in that. I just was a little overwhelmed yeah. driving. She uh, she brings it, so hang on tight when you're listening to her. That's for sure. Yeah, it was a really good one. 
So, you know, so that was kind of my, that was my weekend. And uh, uh, back in school at 745 this morning, you know, we were here. So we were lucky. I mean, we had no problem with the roads. Uh, it had, of course, snowed here Sunday morning. By the time we got here, the snow plows had been out and it was a little wet, but nothing, no slick spots, no snow on the roads. So we were really fortunate going across Wyoming, um, Nebraska, and then, of course, half of Iowa to, to get home. So glad we're here. That's for sure. So that, that all leads me kind of into, and I, I started to listen to that sportsmanship podcast because that's kind of the direction I thought we'd talk about a little bit tonight was sportsmanship and kind of where we're at. And uh, so I, I think to start with, I'll, I'll just lead off this way. I think every group that we have, and I'm going to name those groups in a minute, has a responsibility and they have different roles in the sportsmanship that we are, you know, trying to have in our, our, our programs. And I think, you know, it goes back to when you talk to people about sportsmanship sometimes when you have to kind of, uh, correct them on their behavior. I'm talking more about adults now <laughs> who think they have a right to, you know, yell and scream and make fools of themselves a little bit, um, which no judgment. I mean, we've all gotten a little upset at times. I, that's, that's just the way it's kind of been. But I think now in our roles of ADs, we look at it a little bit differently, obviously. Yeah. We, we got to remember that we are education-based athletics and activities. And there's something to be taught, something to be learned. And uh, that's where we have to separate ourselves from maybe, you know, some of the, the other places where kids play and, and do things like that. So we're going to talk a little bit about our different roles and responsibilities as administrators, uh, what that looks like, coaches, the players, the fans, the officials, and then even the media, I think, has a role in this as well. Um, <coughs> be radio broadcasts, whether it be print media, uh, however that, whatever that looks like. I think those are the, the groups, kind of the, the partners we have to be with to in this role of sportsmanship and, and uh, what we're trying to accomplish. So, you know, first off, let's go, you know, Aaron, kind of give us your take. What do you think the state of sportsmanship is right now? In our state, and we're talking Iowa, but what do you think it is in high school athletics right now? What day of the week is this? <laughs> this is, um, and, and I say that lightheartedly, but, you know, at, there are some days I, I walk out of the gym uh, or talk to the people, I guess, about their experiences in, in gyms and stuff, and I think, you know, boy, we're really just starting to get it. And then there's other days I walk out of the gym, I'm like, I'm shaking my head wondering, oh, okay, um, yeah. What, what's this going to look like in two or three years if we keep going down that path? Um, and I'll preface this by saying I've been super excited the last couple of years with, with, with our sportsmanship at our games. We're not perfect, but, but we haven't had uh, some of the issues maybe we've had four or five, six, seven years ago um, that we really had to kind of take on head on. I, I think the conversation around high school athletics and youth sports has really made a shift in the last two or three years. That's having a good impact. I really do. I think our state of sportsmanship now to answer your question directly, Todd is better than it was three years ago. Um, mm -hmm. I think the conversation shifted. I think um, we as ADs, I think the media to some extent, I think 
Um, there's a lot of social media stuff out there that's really pushing hard the, hey, let's think about how we're doing this thing as adults and let's think about how we're behaving at our, at our kids' sporting events and how we're doing this. And so I feel like there's this groundswell of a shift from maybe where we were it was just a free-for-all three, four years ago. Um, that's my take on it right now. And I, and I think we just need to keep plugging that message of, man, there's there's big – yeah, it's fun to win and it's important and we got to drive to – uh, to to keep that winning spirit important, but it can't be at the expense of our character, our integrity, and and our senses. I don't know. How do you guys feel? Yeah, Scott, what do you think? Yeah, I you know I would agree with Aaron in in a lot of respects. I mean, I, I feel like it's changed a lot. I mean, and I've been in three different states, um, and I can tell you that over the last decade, I really do feel like it's gotten a lot better. Um, but you know, just like Aaron said, there's nights where I walk out of the gym, like, man, we got a long ways to go, but you know, um, I think the big thing for us as athletic directors is just really making sure that we educate our parents, our student athletes, um, our coaches on what we expect and what our expectations are. Um, you know, one, one thing that I've had in the past is I've had, uh, Craig Hillier from up in Minnesota come and he does a great job of uh, explaining what that is like for the student athletes. And what he does with that is he has all the parents play Simon Says, and he, he actually brings a parent down and, and then, you know, kind of ridicules them as they're trying to play Simon Says. And he says, okay, now would you want your kid to be in this situation? Um, and I think it really opens some parents' eyes on, you know, would you want, you know, your kid getting yelled and screamed at like you are to some other kid from another community? Um, in the same regard for us as ADs is just making sure that we're communicating with our student section and our fans on what's appropriate and what's not. Like I tell our student students, I want you to cheer and act crazy and have fun. But as long as you're cheering for our, you know, team, just cheer for our team. If you can do that, we're going to be in really good shape. It's just keep it simple. You know, it's kind of the old kiss theory, you know, cheer for our team, act crazy, have fun but let's just cheer for our team. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, as ADs too, it's important that we we're consistent in what we do. And I think sometimes really early um, in, a, in, a, in a school when maybe sportsmanship hasn't been quite as good and you have to set that expectations. I've had to do that a couple different times at different schools. Um, and it was just like, you know, every game, it's like you just got to be ready and go. But you had to. Yeah. You had to keep be consistent and keep driving home that message of this is what we do and this is why we do it. And uh, I've always just tried to really pick out those student leaders really early yeah. in my time at a school and really just develop a relationship with them yep. and get their trust a little bit um, and let them be leaders with that student body. Yeah. Um, and most of the time I've chosen those students correctly. It doesn't take long to see who's the vocal ones in the student yeah. section. Uh, but just being consistent. And then being consistent with the <clears throat> fans, uh, you know, some of the parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, just having a quiet conversation with them. I've done that a few times yeah. uh, just to try and talk to them. you got to be careful when you do that. But right. it's being consistent in what we do. Yeah. Um, I think you alluded to it too, Scott, that 
Um, we're going to talk about coaches a little bit because I think they really control it more than anybody. Mm-hmm. I think they, they control the pulse of sportsmanship by what they expect out of their players and how they behave towards the officials yeah. and uh, b- b- towards the things that go on. So let's talk a little bit, Aaron, about maybe you know some things you've done uh, with your coaches at Kennedy where you've talked about that. Uh, in line with sportsmanship anyway you know um one of the things that makes that pretty easy for us over here um i know the state does it on you know um in terms of having the conversation uh is i think a lot of times people get in trouble on sportsmanship because there's no uh, you know you can't you can't always measure it well we try to do a, a pretty good job in the nbc of having our sportsmanship measured uh you know, I know the state does it. You can log into the, the state website for your school and look at those. We do those that, that sportsmanship rating on a, on a conference level here in the NBC where uh, for every one of our uh, games, like in the wintertime, then for girls and boys basketball and wrestling, the officials are evaluating our coaches, our players, uh, and our spectators on, uh, on their behavior, scale one to five, same as what the state is. A, a one would be superior uh, sportsmanship and behavior, and a five would be um, I don't ever want to come back here again uh, type of rating. And, and so, you know, when we're, when those ratings come back mid, we get a mid season report uh, and then we get a, a, a post season report and, and we can use those numbers uh, to as, as data to back our observations of all year long in terms of talking with coaches about, Hey, here's, here's places where um, you struggle. Uh, and you might lose your temper, you might lose your cooler, you get frustrated quickly with the officials and you spend more time talking to the officials than you do coaching your kids in the game yep. and, and try to help them recognize those hotspot <clears throat> moments for themselves um, so that they can uh, better control those. One of the things I've tried to do a lot over the years too, if I have a coach who I know is just frustrated, they might be in a losing streak or they might have a tough group of kids to work with. Uh, or things just aren't going well. Um, and, and their frustration is boiling over and it's starting to, to come out on the officials is uh, I'll talk to one of the assistant coaches and I'm, I'm going to ask my head coach, Hey, which one of your assistant coaches can, can be your get back guy can be the one can grab, <laughs> you know, grab on your shirt tail, say, coach, come back, sit down, relax. Yeah. And they'll tell me. And so then I'll go talk to that assistant coach. I'll say, look, they're frustrated and they're, and they're, their fuse is pretty short right now. I need you to keep an eye on them tonight and get them, keep them reined in. And so that's a good way, I think, as, as, a, as an AD, we yeah. can step in and, and, and help. Um, you know, uh, gosh, it's – and then sometimes I look at those ratings and I think, okay, so, you know, sometimes there's reputations involved and sometimes there's history involved and sometimes mm-hmm. there's assumptions involved uh, uh, or not assumptions but miscommunications. A, a referee might think my coach is getting on them when they're really maybe getting on other players or they're – you know, it's, it's not directed to the official, but the official takes it that way. And, um, you know, so I try to take those ratings uh, for what they are, but they're a good tool to, to visit with coaches about and then try to help them find areas they can improve. Yeah. I really like the idea of your assistant coach. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a, gr- that's a great idea. I'm going to have to implement that one, Aaron. <laughs> well, that's why we're here, trying to learn from one another. <laughs> right. Yeah. Scott, what about you? What have you done at, you know, some of your schools with your coaches about that? I think, you know, again, I think just we talk about the expectations and and one of the things we talk about in our preseason meeting and our all-staff meetings is, you know, we want to 
represent our school first class in a first class manner. And, uh, you know, we just don't have any room, you know, for coaches getting technicals. Um, we don't have any, you know, time for kid coaches getting kicked out of games. Um, so I think it's just having a conversation and clear expectations of our coaches. And I know, as Aaron said, we can't always, you know, there's frustration and sometimes our coaches get, you know, they're trying to protect their kids or stick up for their kids. And, and I think there's some of that that goes along with that too. So, I mean, I think just, and if there is an issue, if you do have a coach that, you know, gets kicked out of a game, I think it's really sitting down and having some conversations about what we can do to improve. Cause you know, like we always say, we either win or we learn and we don't want to lose. And losing means that we're not learning from our mistakes and we're moving forward. And even with our kids, you know, when we're having issues, the same, same mentality, you know, we want to get better. We want to make sure that we're progressing and making sure we're moving forward. Right. Yeah. Just part of those honest conversations we have to have to help people grow, yeah. whether it be kids or coaches, whatever the case might be. You know, Hey, Todd, can I jump back in there real quick, too? Sorry, um, maybe I'm going to steal your thunder, but I think one of the other things we can try to really emphasize with the coaches is um, twofold. And I mentioned a little bit, um, every minute they're spending chirping at officials, Mm -hmm. talking to officials, wanting to have conversations with officials, they're missing opportunities to coach their kids. And that's one of the things I really try to drive home is, man, that thing's done. It's in the past. You can't do anything about it. We tell our kids to flush a bad play. Yep. Or mistakes, say, hey, flush it, move on, get going to the next thing. You can't change it anyway, so let's move forward to the next play. Right. Well, then you've got to do the same thing as a coach right. uh, because, one, you're not being a good example for them. Two, you're missing chances to coach them up on what's coming next and keep them moving forward. The other thing is, like you said, Todd, they start getting the atmosphere riled up. Now the parents start yelling and screaming. And what effect mm-hmm. does that have on the kids on the court? Yeah. You talk about kids wanting to play the, you know, get it into the groove of a game and have the game slow down and come <laughs> to them slowly. Well, when it's chaos around them, how, how likely are they to get settled in and, and let the game come to them in a rhythm? It's right. a disjointed, noisy, messy chaos, and, and kids can't perform under that. So trying to make sure our coaches understand that if you're wanting what's best for your kids, coach them up and keep, it, keep, it, keep the chaos to a minimum so they can relax and play. Yeah. You know what? I'd love yeah. to, I'd love to see some research on, you know, something about the crowd atmosphere and either via positive or negative cheers. What are our, you know, student athletes performing at a higher level when it's a, you know, a environment that's really negative or an environment that's positive, whether or not the negative cheers are against the other team or not. I'd love to see some research done on that. And I know it's probably a very difficult, you know, probably research just because there's so many variables and so many things that are uncontrollables, but I'd love to see research done on that. And what I think would be very telling as to what, what our kids will perform at a higher level. Um, you know, my assumption would be if there's a positive atmosphere, our kids are going to, you know, perform at a higher level, but that might not be the case but i'd love to see that right and i I think you're i think you're exactly right and the first thing that came to my mind was the atmosphere we had at the uh substate final when newton played johnston at our place last year the atmosphere that the newton fans brought nothing against the johnston fans or anything but the energy 
that the Newton community had was unbelievable. Yeah, and, and our kids really yeah. did a good job there of being, not that they were p- perfect, <laughs> but uh, for the most part, they did a really good job of just cheering for our team. Yeah, yeah, it was, that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to brag on one of the Roosevelt coaches real quick and what he's got in one of his programs. Our volleyball coach <clears throat> has what he calls an honor call. And what that is, is that when they're in the midst of battle and volleyball, <clears throat> if they get a tip on a ball at the net on a block and the referee may not see it um, or call it, they'll call it on themselves. And they may say no touch and our kids will be, the, they'll just, they'll tell them right away. It's just automatic. They will look at the official and they'll give them the touch sign. And uh, there's been times the calls have been reversed because the Roosevelt girls have been honest about that. And uh, they're kind of known for it around here. But if they get an official who doesn't know it, uh, our coach will tell them. He'll tell them about the honor call and say, hey, we're going to call it on ourselves. If we touch a ball and it goes out of bounds and you think we didn't touch it, you said, I just want you to know we're going to call it. And uh, I've seen them call it on uh, like a a game be 13 something there was one this year we were behind 13 to nine we had a tip and it touched us they were going to give us the ball and our kids said no i touched it so it's 14 to nine we got a side out and we came back and won that game 16 14 yep now it always happened like that but it just it just goes to show that that is uh that's just part of their culture yeah. and uh, part of who they are. And it's really a pretty cool thing. It's uh, pretty fun to watch. So that's really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of leads into the players, you know, but that's the players and their sportsmanship is dictated by the coach. And I think the coach has a direct reflection on the players. Um, but I, I think I want to go with this right now is just, some of the the best sports where we see our kids uh, showing good sportsmanship. And to me, the number one sport that shows great sportsmanship is cross country. Mm -hmm. I am just blown away. And I love to go to cross country meets just for that fact, because everyone, yeah, they're cheering for their own kid or their own team. But boy, if that, if there's a person struggling in the back, they're, people are cheering for them too, or uh, they just cheer for everybody seems to me. So, um, and then the, the camaraderie amongst the runners uh, seems really, really good. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Where do you, where do you see sportsmanship play out the best sometimes? I know it depends on the kid maybe, but is there a sport in particular that you see the sportsmanship playing out more so than others sometimes? I would offer up swimming, uh, swimming and diving with the girls and swimming with the boys. Um, I, I just feel like, uh, and I think track and field too, and, and maybe those sports lend themselves to it where, man, you're, you're just, you're going out there to try to run your best. And if you go out and run a PR or perform your best performance ever, you feel real good about it. And you can respect the fact that, Hey, I just PR, but that guy, that gal, they're, they're faster than me. But I see it in those two sports quite a bit also of, of swimming they just respect one another they go out and compete and they're trying to get to the wall first or the finish line first um 
and, and do the best they can do, but they can appreciate and respect good performances out of other, uh, uh, other performers from other schools. And I, I see that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I think for me, I just, I've seen so many, uh, throughout my career, I've seen so many different sports and so many different, really neat moments between two different teams, you know, um, I, I guess I can't really pick one because I've just seen so many good things in every sport, whether it's, you know, if there was a can- coaches versus cancer night and the other team, you know, participates in that or, or I know there's been times where, you know, one, one or school or another has lost a student and, and you know, how the other team comes and honors that, that student athlete that, that school lost. And I, and I don't know if that's just Iowa, but I just see a, a, a mm-hmm. great, you know, sense of, you know, these are our Iowa kids and, you know, especially with the, the, the boys association, the girls union, um, just do a, a great job of, you know, really communicating and marketing the fact that these are our kids and we want them to have a great experience. And sportsmanship is definitely um, a very integral part of that. So I've just seen a lot of great things from teams all across the street, whether it's they're doing community service projects you know, whether kids are going out and raising money for a cause. Um, I just see that all the time. And I, you know, I'm proud to be an AD in Iowa. It's uh, we've just got a lot of awesome kids and you guys know with our student scholarship, I mean, we've got, you know, hundreds of kids and got kids that apply for those scholarships and they're all, we just got so many great kids. There's just a lot to celebrate. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Good point. Um, you know, and then, the other side of that, I mean, obviously some of the toughest sports are some of the most intense and there, there's some that involve, you know, offense, defense, there's physical contact, uh, you know, football, basketball. Um, those are tough ones to officiate and those are tough ones. Fans get riled up at those two because, uh, you know, they think their, their kid or their, their team is, you know, the officials go out and I'm sure they decide in the locker room who's going to win the game. And <laughs> I know as ADs, you know, we've all heard those conversations walking in on officials and then all of a sudden they go, hush, hush. No, I can't. But, yeah. You know, it's, those are hard sports when it's tough and it's physical. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's That's where it gets ramped up sportsmanship-wise, I think, with our fans especially. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, I, go ahead. Well, uh, you know, one of the things I was going to, I thought about when you threw this topic out for the day, and it was part of what I talked to some of our kids in a, in a presentation I did today, too, and it's come up in some of my the student leadership things we've done. But part of what ramps up the poor sportsmanship and the, and the writing of the officials and the, the writing of coaches and other players is, is just this. Um, Man, we are so hell bent on winning and 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 being having the scoreboard go our way or having the the stats go our way, getting our you know scoring our points and getting our rebounds and that stuff. That when those things aren't going our way, um, there's a choice to be made. There's a choice being made by the coach. There's a choice being made by the player. There's a choice being made by the by the parents and and the fans of the stands of is is our poor performance or our lack of winning in quotes because of our poor preparation, our poor play, or is it because of something that they're doing it? And what I'm getting at here is we get into that blame game very quickly. Well, it can't, it certainly can't be us. It can't be me as a coach. I've taught these kids what they're supposed to do and how they're supposed to do it. And, 
and we've repped those inbounds plays. I, I, don't, I don't know why they're turning the ball over, so we have to blame somebody else. Well, they must be holding. It's the official's fault. You know, for the kids, it's the coach's fault or it's the official's fault. They should, you know, we have to start blaming because Lord knows we can't lose just for the sake of they were better than us. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that starts to build in those games and you can feel it building in the games. And, and yeah. next thing you know, bam, the lid pops off and everybody's yelling at everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. That's uh you know, the, the intensity of a conference championship game in a pack gym on a – when it's hot in the gym, I mean, that's – you're right. Uh, and that that's usually the conversation I've had with people is, you know, the official did this, the official did that. They'll say, well, the official didn't throw the ball away. The official didn't, you know, miss two front ends or one-and-ones. Um, you know, they, the official didn't give up a layup on, you know – <laughs> team just executed some plays. I think that's yeah. – <clears throat> try, try to deflect it as best we can. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the next group we really don't have a lot of control over, but when you talk about officials and their role in sportsmanship, um, you know, these officials are – boy, and that, that's where I just want to take sometimes into the stands and take applications to be an official up there and say, <laughs> hey – uh, sign up because we're short on them. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when we have these these guys and these these ladies that are working their eight to four jobs and then showing up in our gyms or showing up at our fields to work, uh, you know, they're doing it because they love the game too, yeah. and they want to get back. And this is not a full time job for them. And boy, I think. We need to teach our fans and our coaches, our players, just where that teach them how to respect everybody they're working with. Um, and just, boy, just yeah, it's, look at the big picture. Isn't it yeah. amazing how uh, you could be in a, in a professional atmosphere or in a school atmosphere uh, and, a, and a parent would be disgusted with somebody who was screaming and hollering obscenities at somebody but in a basketball game or a soccer game or a football game, for some reason, some people in our society think that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it is. It's too bad. Um, you know, Todd, you, 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 you've talked about what – we've talked a bit about what role and responsibilities some of these folks have in terms of managing sportsmanship. I think officials certainly have a responsibility in it. Um, they have, I, you know, and the good ones will do this. Uh, the good ones who are really in, interested in, in continuous improvement as official, um, they understand their role is to hustle. Their role is to work, to do a good job. Their, their role is to be in the right spot and be in the right position to make a call. And I think most of the officials in our league understand that if they come in and they work hard and they put themselves in the right position, they might get a groan. But for the most part, our crowds aren't going to ride them. Uh, I think the ones who get themselves in trouble and, and start to get ridden um, by by the entire, it doesn't matter what color jersey or what color sweatshirt you wear in the stands, everybody's on you are the ones who kind of come in. They've got to be careful. They don't come in with an attitude. Well, I'm the official, and every, when I blow my reversal, I'm always right. Hustle and, and be where you need to be and do the best work you can do. And I think most people when the, can respect that and see it. They won't agree with your call on charge block or or, or whatever, but – 
But I think fans represent hustle and hard work. And I think our good ones recognize that. And that's yeah. part of their responsibility. Yeah, good point. Great point. I agree. The last group to talk about here just quickly is just the media. Um, you know, whether it be a radio broadcast. Now, print media doesn't get too far out of hand, I don't think. But, you know, especially in some of the smaller communities that may have their own radio personality that's been following the teams for 40 years, 35 years. Um, you know, I, I think – and while they aren't – talking anything that's stirring people up i do think it's it's okay for us to keep an ear on that and not let them on the air start talking bad about officials or th or things like that too um i've run across a couple of those um at a couple different places that you know they 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 try to have fun with it but yet it's really not very sportsmanlike so it's one of those things we can't control, but maybe if we have a relationship with them, maybe it's something we can talk about uh, with them and maybe they can help us uh, with some sportsmanship things along the way too. So yeah. uh, that's just a, a little thing on that too. But, um, you know, I'm, we're going to wrap it up here um, a little bit, but boy, you know, it just seems like on my notes here, we've been talking about sportsmanship now for 29 minutes and I don't feel like we even scratched the surface. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think one of the things I'll let you guys wrap up too, but I, there is a, Scott, you made a great point. Um, and, and Aaron too, I think we're, we're in a great place. We we're not perfect. Um, we've, we're always going to have things to work on in this area. Um, I read a quote recently, and it's actually uh, reading an article by Bernie Saga a while back, and I wrote it down. It said, the deeds of a few will overshadow the positive efforts of a few. Yep. So, you know, it's we talk a lot about the negative side of sportsmanship, but I think if we can keep emphasizing and seeing those positive things, yeah. talk about those, we can address those. But let's keep the good things that are going on on the forefront um, – and then maybe we can address the, the ones that aren't quite so positive. So yeah. uh, final thoughts on this, Aaron and Scott. Well, I'll jump in. I wanted to share one, uh, uh, just one real positive thing that ha happened here just in the last week. That, and it was actually, I, I was made aware of it by a tweet by uh, Jeff Johnson, one of the Gazette sports writers over here. Um, uh, there was a picture from one of their, their photographers that was there of a Xavier Saint girls basketball player handing a red rose or red carnation to a Cedar Rapids, Washington girls basketball player during introductions or what appear to be introductions. Well, um, Jeff Johnson's tweet was, um, isn't, uh, or it was a picture of how great high school sports can be. And so here's what was going on in that moment. Um, the with all the weather and all the postponements and the cancellations and such, especially with girls basketball, as we got to the back, you know, all of a sudden it's postseason <laughs> week, and so they started losing games. Well, one of the games that the Washington Warriors lost was their their senior night. Mm. They they could not they lost their last home game. There was not a common date for them to make it up. They had to cancel the, that game, so they were not going to have an at home senior night. Well, Tom Lilly, the girls coach at Xavier, and their players and their staff decided that the, the Washington Warriors deserved a senior night. So at, at, at Xavier, they mm. gave flowers to and recognized this, the Washington Warriors seniors 
uh, before oh, cool. the game at, at Xavier. And, and so those are things, Todd, to your point, those are the great things going on in every gym all over the place. And what a fantastic gesture that was by coach Lily and, and his, and his kids and, and their, their, their community to say, Hey, you girls deserve this. That's not what gets talked about. That's, yeah. that's 90% of what's happening. And it's 10% of the conversation. And, and we need to try to flip that because great things like that happen all over the place. That's great. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's important. Aaron, that's a great story. And I think it's important. And I'll just add this in closing is as ADs, I think it is so important that those are the type of stories. Those are the type of events that we want to tweet out. We want to put out on social media. We want to tell that story of all the great things that are going on. And I know in education, we're not great at doing that, you know, because we're, we're so busy and we got so many things coming across our desk and we're on to the next thing. We do not do a great job of just recognizing the good things that happen on a daily basis. And as you guys know, it's important for us to do that because it's, it's easy to get kind of, kind of bogged down with all the negative stuff. So it is important that even for us, you know, just, you know, as we talk and about all these great things that happen, it, it, it's, this is good therapy for, for me to be able to have the conversations, to be able to understand and, and hear about all the good things that are going on. So, like, I just think we need to do a, a great job of just communicating and marketing the fact that we've got awesome kids in the state and our schools and our student athletes are doing amazing things each and every day. Let's make sure that we're sharing that story with as many people as we possibly can. That's right. Yeah. What do we say? That's the, the only thing we can control is the PR. Yep, that's and right. uh, we just keep doing it the best we can and yeah get those good stories out there um yeah so you know all of you listening out there whether you're D, um, if you've got those positive stories get them out there don't be afraid to put them out there uh, praise your kids uh praise the great things they're doing the way they're showing sportsmanship and uh, you know we can keep growing this together just keep doing as many positive things as we can and uh, i'm going to put one more thing out there for the coaches um, and this was also from Bernie Saga in the article I was reading, and it, it kind of stuck with me. He was talking about when he was a young administrator, and he went to a, a clinic, and John Wooden was there. And uh, there's a bunch of high school coaches, and the place was full, and, and two young coaches walk in late. And so he finds him a couple chairs, and he's kind of standing around him. And he, he said Coach Wooden talked for two hours. And he didn't put one X or one O up on the board, didn't talk about that. He talked about building character, about teaching and learning right from wrong, respect, and responsibility. You know, we kind of talked about that last week with the 3D coaching. And that's all he talked about. And they said, okay, I'll be back at 1 o'clock, and we'll, we'll talk some more after lunch. And Bernie said he heard those two coaches going out, and he said they said, Boy, I hope he talks about and tells us how he wins <laughs> when he comes back after lunch. Are you kidding? Oh, wow. No. Bernie said that's a true story. And, you know, it's not about X's and O's. And it's about teaching the, the character traits. And that's all Coach Wooden did. Um, of course, he had great players. Um, but still, um, it wasn't about the X's and O's. It was about 
teaching the right things. So coaches, uh, keep teaching the right things. Keep emphasizing those things. The wins will take care of themselves. And, uh, well, I know as ADs, we'll appreciate the work you do for that too. So uh, thanks for that conversation tonight, guys. It was really great. And uh, excited next week. I mean, we'll start a couple of weeks of having some special guests. Our, our special guest next week will be a gentleman by the name of Jason L. Parker. He's a CMAA at a Sapulpa Public Schools down in Oklahoma, right outside of Tulsa. And I think you'll find him uh, very engaging, very entertaining. Uh, he really loves leadership. And he's got a real grasp of leadership in what he does. So uh, you'll want to listen to that next week as we bring somebody in from Oklahoma to talk with us next week. So, um, Scott, Aaron, have a great rest of the week. I hope nothing gets canceled on you the rest of the week. <laughs> but if it does, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath. Guess, so. Yeah, I know. So anyway, good luck to you guys. We'll talk to you again soon. And uh, everybody out there, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing positive things for our kids, our programs your communities, and uh, just keep up the great work. All right, we'll see you all next week. Be blessed.